You're listening to the Embrace Simplified Podcast, where you will be inspired to unlock simpler, healthier ways to live your life. I'm a corporate ladder climber turned entrepreneur on a mission to help busy women feel their best. I'm bringing you real conversation with all my favorites, and we're talking wellness, relationships, money, business, career, and even parenting. I want you to laugh and cry, learn and grow right alongside me. I'm your host, Kirsty. Let's keep it real. Pour your coffee and turn it up. Together, we are going to simplify our life. Hey guys, welcome back to the Embrace Simplified podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited about today's episode. I know I'm excited about most episodes. There was something extra special about this one. I think it was because I left with this like fire in my belly. And I hope that you get that too. I think the conversation today with Tara is, it's a great reminder that we can live our legacy right now, right today you know, with clarity on our purpose and really like leaning into the things that fire us up that we're passionate about, especially around making change, beautiful things can happen. Her story is an amazing one. I love it. I love that she's an entrepreneur. She has a beautiful communications company called Purpose, but also Tara is the chair of the board of directors for Conceivable Dreams and the advocacy that she's doing around infertility benefits in Canada is massive. So one in six Ontario couples currently struggles with infertility and 63% of Ontarians surveyed agree that Ontario families should have some form of public coverage for fertility treatments. The issue is the employers don't yet offer it, but there is a lot to celebrate and we're going to get into that in the podcast episode, but Conceivable Dreams is making massive change with Canadian employers beginning to provide fertility benefits. Every link of where you can go and how you can learn more and how you can advocate and bring more awareness to your employer is everything is in the show notes. And I really encourage you guys to listen, to share this episode if it resonates for you and tag Tara and I. I really appreciate it. And thank you guys. Enjoy the listen. Okay, I'm really excited for this conversation today. Welcome, Tara, to the Embrace Simplified podcast. Ah, thank you so much for having me. Okay, we are going to talk about all the good that you are doing in the world. I'm really excited to hear more of your story. And we're talking today about fertility benefits and inclusive family-friendly benefits, right? That's what the kind of the topic is going to be about. First, though, I want everyone to be introduced to you and sort of hear your story of what brought you to this like beautiful impact that you're making in the world. Amazing. I will try to keep it short and sweet. So in my day job, I work in communications, public relations, and have been doing that for my entire career. I don't know, around 2015, I was working for a government relations firm that was helping advocate for funded IVF, in vitro fertilization here in Ontario. You know, if if you haven't had to deal with this issue, 
amazing. But infertility does affect one in six Canadian couples. It's a it's a major issue. And if you've ever been to a fertility clinic, you have seen the number of women sitting around that waiting room in, in, in the morning waiting for testing. So we started working with a group in my consultancy called for Conceivable Dreams with them. And they came up with this idea that, you know, it should be easier. We should be able to help people pay for this treatment, IVF, which costs on average about $20,000. So we helped them lobby the Ontario government and were successful in creating the Ontario Fertility Program. So as of 2016, January 1st, 2016, everyone in Ontario has access to one round of funded fertility IVF treatment. That is Uh, amazing. Like that's, that's only five years ago. Like that is, it's kind of unbelievable to think about it. And, and I know there's still so much more that you want to, to accomplish, but okay, I'm not, I'm gonna let you keep going. I'm not gonna stop you. <laughs> it's amazing though to think about that 2016. Well, and it's crazy to think about that Ontario is one of the few provinces that actually provides government funding for this treatment, right? Like right. this is actually, we were pretty novel at that point in, in Canada for having funded fertility treatment period. You know, mm-hmm. BC, Alberta, there's many provinces who have no coverage when it comes to this medical condition. At that point, I loved what the board stood for. I'd never heard of this. I was, you know, 35, recently divorced, hadn't really thought too much about children. And at this time, it started my own personal journey through infertility and inspired me to join the board and actually become the board president to help them continue to build their mandate. So on the personal side, again, long story short, I was not able to to be successful in my journey. So I, I haven't had children, likely won't have children. And I've, I've made peace with that. But, you know, what I think I can do is make a, a meaningful difference for other Canadians. So in Ontario, even though we're lucky to have the one round of funded IVF, what I heard time time again from our patient members was I still can't afford the cost of drugs, right? Like $20,000, the average cost of IVF, about half of that, you know, five to $10,000 is the cost of your drugs. So if we have funded IVF, but we can't, people can't use it because they can't afford the drugs, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So it made me look at benefits, your employer benefits, what what's covered, what's not, what can we do to help bridge this gap? So we did research last year that looked at what Canadian employers cover when it comes to fertility benefits and found the vast majority do not provide any fertility coverage. And of the ones that do, only 5% actually cover treatment plus drugs. So this leaves a lot of people in the void when it comes to creating a family. Mm -hmm. So do you go directly to companies to make this change or are you working like at a government level? Tell us more about that. Yeah. So we have kind of a threefold again. We, so I do this off the side of my desk. I run a PR company by day and I'm a, you know, a crusader for more friendly, friendly fertility benefits by night. So our strategy is kind of two, threefold. We target insurance carriers. So the people like Manulife, Sun Life, Desjardins, who are providing employers with insurance packages. Then we're targeting again, strength in numbers. So let's, I'm trying to target the largest employers in Canada. And then the third is like just talking to people who work for companies who don't realize this is a benefit they should have, could have, and there needs to be a conversation around that. Right. Yeah. Ask yeah. your employers for it. Ask them why they don't have it and directing Absolutely. them to to a resource like, like you. So tell us about the website and where everyone can find you. We'll make sure it's linked in the show notes, but. 
So we, with this research in hand and an understanding of where we need to go, we created a website. It's called fertilitybenefits.ca, where you can go understand what's the picture for fertility support across Canada from a government perspective. So does your, does your province provide fertility coverage? What is it? How do you get it? And then from there, if you're an employee, we give you a toolkit of how to start this conversation with your HR team or other employees, because we all know there is so much stigma taboo, you know, and people just don't want to talk about fertility treatment when you're going through it because it is so hard. And then on the flip side and kind of where my my time is spent is really working with insurance carriers and employers to help them understand the business case for better benefits. We have this wonderfully timely opportunity right now where corporate Canada is really concerned as they should be with being more diverse, inclusive and equitable when it comes to who they're hiring. We're in the midst of this great resignation. COVID has forced everyone to kind of relook at what's important to them. Who do they want to work for? Are your values aligned? So from an employer perspective, again, huge opportunity for them to look at what is that benefit package? One way for them to be a more inclusive employer is to look at what's that makeup and how can they make that more fair to all of their employees? Absolutely. So I love that you have this resource and central spot for people to go. I want to hear more about like you run your own business. And you are building these resources and you're talking to employers and you, like you said, crusader. How do you juggle this and why? Like, tell us about your why. Because one of the things that I want to do with this podcast is I want to give women permission to change things up and to live, you know, live a life that they love. And so I think when they hear about like, you have this unbelievable passion project, let's call it that. It's way more than that. But and you have this business that you're running yourself. And so I think if you, if I was listening and I was, could I do something like that? Is there something that's like really calling to me that like I could make a change on? You know, I want them to feel that. So tell us, tell us about why you do this. Sure. From the get-go, I call myself a campaigner or an advocate at heart. My first job was working for World Wildlife Fund. You know, I wanted to do more for the environment. I wanted to protect animals. I wanted to find amazing ways to inspire people and to see the meaningful impact of behavior change and actually be a part of that change. Fun fact, I actually was was the creator of the first Earth Hour in Canada. No way! Uh, yeah. That is awesome! <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's like that 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 campaigner is part and parcel of who I am. And what I would say is, you know, as I built my career up over time, we got really sucked into the corporate grind, you know, in agency worlds, you know, I worked 50, 60 hour weeks and I didn't have time if I wasn't working on a client that inspired me in a meaningful way. I didn't have time, I felt like, to to do the things that got me jazzed as a human, as an individual. So that led to me starting my own business five years ago so I could work with clients who had profit with purpose and allowed me to tap give more time to kind of like those volunteer opportunities and particularly conceivable dreams who I've been working with now since 2015. So for me, like doing good, giving back, feeling like I'm making a difference is just so important to feeding my soul. And I think through COVID, you know, that's become even more important when we're all feeling a bit sad, depressed, beat down, can't control much around us. But, you know, we can, I feel like I, this gives me a, a bigger purpose. Absolutely. I was just saying before we hit record that I was listening to something today that said, like pulling yourself up out of a low point, a depression or anything to do with your mental health, it usually comes back to some level of service. 
I feel really lit up about something new in my life right now. And it's absolutely coming from a place of service. And if you're feeling that, I, I hope that if you're listening, that you will listen to both of us and like, yes, there's something. And I love that you're using your skill set in, in PR, right? Like your experience and your skills are just like a beautiful compliment to what conceivable dreams. That's what you called it, right? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fuel Dreams, our banner organization, Fertility Benefits Matters is the kind of campaign. But and coming back to that service piece, you know, I talked to so many women who are wanting to start their own business or, you know, explore what could that look like. And I think we get stuck sometimes on the fact that like, well, I don't love like coffee or food. So it's not like that natural. If I was going to create a business, it would be X because I, I'm so passionate about Y. And then there's those of us who work in service industries who we maybe serve a variety of clients, but like that, that service, that passion point can come in different forms, which for me, I think is the nonprofit, the volunteering, which you could easily turn into uh, a paid gig as well. And maybe one day it will be more for me. I wouldn't, you know, I think it's a great reminder for people to not to limit themselves to feeling like that business has to be a thing. It absolutely can still be, you know, a service based model. Absolutely. I had like, when I was working a lot, I totally relate to what you said about not having the time. I got really excited about Habitat for Humanity. And I remember being like, I'm going to get like the certification so that I can lead these builds. Like this is something and I physically did not have the time. But there was something about like, it was speak, it spoke to me. Like, you know, my dad was in construction and I've always just like, yeah, I, I, there was something about being like physical, I think that I really enjoyed. And I wish that I'd had the time to like lean into that. And I think so many times as women, we like feel those like little calls, like, oh, maybe there's something here. Maybe I want to do it. But we're like, oh, whatever. Like I don't have time. I'm busy. And it doesn't have to be, it, it might be something like that where it's like the girl in marketing, but she's getting like a call to help Habitat for Humanity. And even if it is not this a huge impactful legacy level thing that you, like you are doing. It could even just be like picking up a paintbrush. If you feel like I need to, I need just to paint or I need to make jewelry or whatever it is. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I want to also call out the fact that we are basically neighbors because we both moved to Prince Edward County in the last year. Or so tell me how you're enjoying it. Well, I've wanted to leave the city for uh, a few years now. I, my time had come. I really, I made the most of the city. So moving to Prince Edward County was amazing. We have a beautiful old farmhouse we're renovating on two plus acres. We have no neighbors in sight. The renovations are a whole other beast. There is nothing enjoyable about that, but we're getting through the worst of it. And I can't wait to get back to the house. That's so exciting. I absolutely love that. The, I, I kind of feel like I wish I had a look back over the whole year of you guys renovating and everything now that I'm getting to know you that I just love those stories too. I don't know what it is about them, but I can't <laughs> wait to see the farmhouse and see what it turns out to be. That's exciting. It's true. It's true. Yes. We're, we're, we're documenting a lot of it. So you'll, you'll, you'll see some more. I'm sure. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. So I want to also make sure I touch on like this topic of fertility from like you having gone through it. And I want to make sure I don't like glaze over this you know, this is a big thing. This is like a, definitely a part of your story. Do you want to share, like, if there is somebody listening, I have a couple of episodes in the podcast in the first year that I recorded with people, which I think, I think anybody that going through any kind of loss or grief would have resonated with those stories, whether they have struggled with their fertility or not. But it is something that so often women have gone through alone. It's like very isolating and a really difficult time in their life. Talk to us a little bit about 
where you're at with that now and, you know, thinking about those women that are listening now that could be in it or struggling to accept whatever's going on with them. Yeah. So to share my story, because I think it's a little bit unique because often we think about fertility challenges and it's couples, right? Like it's couples who are working through this and, and, you know, creating families comes from many different ways. So when I was 35, my marriage had ended. I was single thinking about a family and wondering, how do I go about this? So that brought me down fertility testing, realizing I have a very low AMH. So low likelihood of getting pregnant, I was told. So I actually went through IVF. I picked a sperm donor. It was like Tinder for, you know, sperm. It was quite, quite interesting as a single woman, different, different, you know, flipping up there. So I picked a sperm donor. I did my egg retrieve life froze embryos and had planned on, you know, kind of doing the single mom thing. Mm-hmm. And a month after my egg retrieval, as you know, luck would have it, I met my now partner. So since then, we've been together for five years. We've done IUIs and IVFs to try to uh, get pregnant, but unfortunately not in the cards for me. So our our journey ended actually just as COVID began. So maybe that was a blessing because it meant I could drink and uh, do all kinds of things that didn't involve. Because it is like a lot, right? In your like physical body, you go through a lot in that process. You absolutely do. I mean, you know, financially, emotionally, physically, everything about fertility treatment is overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, I'm a unique person because I'm happy to share what I'm going through fairly, fairly openly. Obviously it's, it's so hard at the time and there's been you know, times that you kind of need your private moments. But I think what really drives me in this front is we have to share our stories and become more comfortable talking about it to make it easier for others to also share their stories, have that support. Oh my God, I couldn't imagine going through what I did, two rounds of IVF, all the other, you know, cycles that didn't work out on my own. It, it There are no words. It is so hard so I think sharing those journeys and being more open is just so critical, which is, again, part of like when we talk about benefits, being able to talk to your employer. You can't control when you're going to the clinic. You're there every morning. You might be there till 10, 11. You might have a midday appointment. You only know the day before that your body has decided tomorrow is the day you need to be at that clinic. And having an employer who understands what's happening, why you need some flexibility. And, you you know, particularly now you're not worried about the safety of your job or if you have a job the next day, like that is essential. We just like mental health, all of the things aside, like we need employers who give us that kind of support and can have that conversation. Because let's be honest, everybody in these, this day and age knows someone, probably a close friend or family member who's gone through fertility treatment of some sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Okay. So what do you see as the future of fertility benefits? And where do you think like the next big kind of, I don't want to call it opportunity, but like the the next thing that we need in this space to be inclusive and family friendly and supportive? Yeah. So I think what I feel right now is a ton of hope. So we launched this campaign a year ago with research, kind of painting the picture and wanting to start conversations, as I said, with insurance providers, employers, and people. So at that point, I targeted the big five banks. You know, I'm going to meet the big five banks. They employ huge amounts of people in Canada. So if even they could start there by implementing better benefit plans, we'd be way further ahead. In the past month, TD and Scotiabank have both announced more inclusive family-friendly benefits. TD offers $25,000 worth of coverage 
25,000. Wow. Scotiabank has come out with another $10,000 package for employees. Again, like any move towards a bigger number is a step in the right direction. This isn't about, you know, it's not enough. I think anything is better than nothing. And so again, Sun Life, one of the carriers who provides packages to employers has now come out with a fertility add-on package. So this is great because now all of these HR teams are seeing it. What I'd love to see kind of moving from here is insurance providers like Manulife, Sun Life, not even provide a fertility add-on. I want to see fertility benefits just included with every benefits package, like you would get in coverage for your dental. You know, we don't need special add-ons for treating diabetes or other, you know, ailments we might have. So why is fertility any different? And then on the employer side, yeah, you know, let's make this all-inclusive. It's just accepted, particularly because oftentimes we think of fertility as a women's issue. You know, it's not. If you're an LGBTQ member and are facing creating a different type of family through surrogacy, egg, they might need an egg donor. These are really complicated issues. And again, we need to think of how do we help create all Canadians create better, more inclusive families. Yes. Yes. Okay. Congratulations though. In the la- like in 2022, you have Really already, like we're only the start of the year. You've already had so many wins. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. And if I can leave people with one suggestion, you know, I know these things are hard to, to talk about, but we all need to start that conversation. It's, it's mind blowing to me that a lot of people don't understand a going through fertility treatment that their HR benefit plan might offer benefits. So talk to your HR team, understand what is in your benefits. And if fertility benefits aren't in there, talk to your HR team. You can make a difference. An amazing story came out. So under the master banner for like the Canadian Tire Sports Check Marks Work Warehouse, like that little group there, an employee worked for one of the brands and found out one of the other brands had a different fertility coverage package. So went to HR and said, well, why did they get X and I only get Y? And they said, you know what? They shouldn't. Let's make everything consistent across the board. And it happened like literally within two months. So change is possible. It literally just starts with conversations. But, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So we all have to keep this conversation moving forward. I love that. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for your vulnerability and sharing. And I'm going to make sure that everything is linked in the show notes. And I hope that all of you, I know there's so many amazing women listening to this podcast who can help make change and take these things to the right people in their organization. So please do that and make sure you let let us both know that you have. I would love to hear that. I would love this to be like the inspired action takeaway episode of all time. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening to Embrace Simplified, the podcast. I hope you picked up some inspiration today and that you take action to feel your best. Can you guys do me a solid? If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. It helps more people find the podcast. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, shoot them a text right now and share it. I love getting those notes from friends. And I also love seeing where you're listening from. So please keep tagging us online at Embrace Simplified. Don't forget to subscribe so you can catch new episodes as they drop. Until next time, I'm your host, Kirsty. Remember, you have it in you to simplify your life.